Welcome to the Arate Podcast, the podcast created to help senior executives and the organizations they lead live up to their full potential. Join us for cutting-edge interviews with leading senior executive and board members across all industry sectors and for practical tips to accelerate your executive career. And now, here's your host, Richard Triggs. Well, hi, Jack, and welcome to the podcast. It's fantastic to have you along. I think uh, you and I first met when I attended a, uh, a wonderful event recently, and you were one of the guest speakers, but I've known your name in the market for a long time, so it's wonderful to finally have the opportunity to have a chat to you. Thanks, Richard, and, and glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. So why don't we just start, Jack, uh, just tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're doing professionally at the moment. Sure. Uh, so, so I, I'm, I founded four years ago, a, a cybersecurity consultancy located here in, or headquartered here in Brisbane. Uh, what, what we do is, is we protect our nation's borders, our nation's uh, businesses and government from, from virtual criminals. Okay. And, uh, interesting because looking at your background on, uh, uh, LinkedIn and certainly we'll get more into your background later, you know, uh, it's not like you came from a cybersecurity background per se. So, uh, so give us a sense and you've got a very specific, uh, I suppose, mission and orientation in relation to first nation and indigenous uh, business. So tell us a, a bit about you know, the even starting with the name of the company, what does that mean? Yes. Yeah, of course. Well, I'll start, I'll start with the Latin there, Richard. So the, the name of, of our company is, is Baitum, but, but the correct pronunciation of Baitum is actually pronounced by Okay. And yep. And, and what by means in, in my language. So my heritage stems back to, uh, Badu Island. So mm-hmm. I'm Badu like heritage, Zenith Kess, which, which we all know as the Torres Straits. Uh, and what it means is shark. Okay. But grammatically how it's spelled is B-A-I-D-A-M. So, uh, I, I understand, you know, when people see the name of, of the company mm-hmm. and, you know, it's pronounced it as Baitum, but okay. it's always a good, yeah, good opportunity for me to educate, educate people on that. Yeah. I, I, I can really relate to that, Jack, because my business, our name is Arate and people go, oh, a rich, a rich. And I'd say no, yeah. Arate, yeah. it's a Greek word that means the fulfillment of one's own potential uh, or the fulfillment of one's full potential. So the very fact that you've got a name that's a little unpronounceable or a bit unusual gives you a great opportunity to segue into a good story. And uh, so, and that's excellent. Well, and so watch, watch sharp then. Oh, it's a funny story. Well, it's not a funny story, Richard, but it's a, it's a good story I like to share as well. So, so when the idea come about, or for buy them solutions and what we do is cybersecurity and and as I said protect our nation from cyber criminals. Um, the why we do it is we we create pathways and impacts for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who want to come into our industry. Mm-hmm. And people ask why? Well, because our industry is lucrative. Mm-hmm. And we can bring in the conversation economic independence, not regaining self determination. But I digress a little bit there. Um, the, the, the name come about when we were sitting in the, in a, in a room and writing a strategy down literally on a, well, a napkin and, and, a, and, and then I, again, on a whiteboard trying to fine tune it, uh, we looked over and there was a sculpture of a shark in the corner, okay. in the corner of the room that we, we originally started, uh, myself and, and co-founder Philip. Um, 
we looked over and we were like, well, what about shark solutions? And I was like, oh no, shark. Yeah. I said, well, what about bio thumb solutions? And you know, it makes sense. We're an indigenous company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's, it's my language for shark. Why don't we do that? And then I went through the whole process of, of seeking permission to use the, the word cause it's a, it's a, in, in language. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Went through that, went, went through that, um, process, sought, sought permission to use the word by them. And then that was it. The rest okay. was history. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh that's, uh, uh, raises this interesting question. So tell what's the process of asking permission then? And, and why is that important in your culture? Uh, it's, it's a, yeah, no, good question. So the, the, the permission aspect is, is because language has been around for many merged generations, generations, mm-hmm. and we're one of the oldest living cultures in the world. Um, it's a, res- a, re- a, a, a respect element. Okay. So use, to use, um, any word in language, it's all, always, uh, first foremost, uh, res- you have to respect the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the process would be me going to my elders, mm-hmm. uh, back up in the Torres Straits and just asking, um, permission to, to use the word. Okay. Um, and, and sometimes it's granted, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. And if it isn't, then we would just work on something else. And then mm-hmm. again, yeah, rinse and repeat, go through the process and ask for permission. Okay. Okay. Sure. And, and give us a sense of the scope and the size of the business now, how, you know, where are you working? Who are you working with? You know, how big's the team, et cetera. Yeah, sure. So. So we, we've grown, we, we're four years young, I'll say. Um, and in the four years we've, we've had a, you know, as many businesses do, you get through the, the startup phase, which we're probably still in, but, um, you know, there were, there were three, three to start off with three merry men, I'll, I'll just say, uh, and we, we base ourselves out of the Hilton in right. Brisbane CBD because, you know, we, we didn't have the, the, uh, the, the big influx of cash flow to be able to afford an office. So <laughs> as long as you're buying coffee or, or lunch in the Hilton, um, you have access to the Wi-Fi. Right. So we, and it was central, it was central. And that's where we started. Um, but fast forward to now, four years later, um, we have a beautiful office in, in Eagle street in Brisbane mm-hmm. and, uh, we, we have a, a, a national footprint. So we have, we have headcount in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria. Um, but we cover WA, uh, as well across to the West, uh, with 20 staff full-time at part majority mm-hmm. full-time staff. So with 20, 20, 20, staff members, um, what one of the services we offer as well is, is talent augmentation. So including our contractors, um, we would have the total, let's say on our books of, of 40, 40 staff. Currently. Okay. Right. Okay. And what percentage of those staff are um, indigenous? Yes, if we just if we just focus on our full time employees, so the, the the twenty staff that we have currently, it's forty percent indigenous. Okay, great. And uh, all right, well, let's come back to that uh, a little later in the conversation. But uh, I'm always fascinated with people's backstories. So tell us a little bit about uh, you know where you were born and early life, mum, dad, brothers and sisters, etc. Yeah, so I, I was born on Thursday Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have I have one sibling, mm-hmm. uh, and she's she's studying medicine. Okay. Um. Yep. But my 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 journey and and there is a correlation from my journey and and business. Mm-hmm. So the and I'll and I'll draw a line to that. So just bear with me, and sure. I'll try and link it all together. But um, at a young age, Richard, 
I was, I was fortunate to be given the, the fundamentals of life, resiliency, tenacity, and education. Um, again, what we do with it, I guess that's a, that's a, that's a personal choice. You know, mm-hmm. people, we all have a choice. Um, straight out of high school, I, I was, I was contracted to a professional sporting team through rugby league. Um, the team was, was the Sydney Roosters. Okay. Uh, um, like many, many sports people, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't get to live out my full, I guess my full potential in, in the sporting world because of injury. Mm-hmm. Had a bad, had a bad knee injury. Um, you know, it, it changes your life quite quickly because that, as a young kid, you know, psychologically you're going, wow, my life's sorted. I've signed a contract. I'm going on this trajectory to only be, to only get injured and go, well, geez, my life has changed quite rapidly in, mm. in, in a period of, of days and weeks. Um, but that's where the education piece and the resilience piece and all of that comes in because I was able to fall back on my education. Um, my, I, I, I went to university, studied banking and finance. Uh, and then from there, that's where I went into, uh, the big, one of the, you know, the big four banks and applied my trade in, in banking and finance. Um, fortunate along my journey to then step into, a um, a, a more of a, a specialized business, business consultancy position. And, and, and that was, that was, you know, assisting assisting indigenous businesses in and startups and, and people who wanted to get into business. Um, so this in- was, uh, indigenous business Australia. Correct. Right. And Correct. so was that, uh, you know, a, a government initiative or was it how, what was the actual context of that organization? Yeah. So, so indigenous business Australia, they're a, they're a standalone body, a statutory body to the federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have that, you know, within, within the agency, it has, that has their own board and CEO, um, that oversees the operations of the company, but their, 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 their sole existence is to, to be there to assist indigenous Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, um, to, to, I guess, three pillars. One is business mm-hmm. looking, looking to, to get into business, understand business, uh, and learn a bit about that bit about that and provide education around that. Uh, the other, the other pillar to indigenous business Australia was to provide home loans. So it's about the, the house, uh, housing offering for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Then the third pillar was investments. And that's where later in my indigenous, my IBA days, um, I would wind up in investments and that's where I had a, a again, a, a more of a, a specialized skill in, in understanding, you know, portfolios and and diverse, diversifying investments, things such as bricks and mortar versus shares, um, private equities kind of scenario. So if, if there was an asset that the company was looking to purchase, I would be the guy that would go in and assist with analyzing the performance of that. And so obviously the segue was your banking career where you'd been involved in as a branch manager and obviously involved in lending and so on then, um, uh, took you into IBA and, um, uh, and, uh, and then where to from there? Mate, well, that, that, that was, um, that was then the end of my, my, uh, IBA days was then the stepping stone in stepping stone into buy them solutions in cybersecurity. So I guess that journey that I was able to articulate to you 
this is the correlation I wanted to draw. Um, I had to go through a series of learnings and understanding to be given the fundamentals of and learn the fundamentals of business mm -hmm. to then go on and start my own. I always wanted to, I always wanted to, um, own my own company. Um, what, you know, again, it's, 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 it comes back to, you know, the, the life questions of, well, what is it that you want to do and why is it you want to do it? But I didn't have the answers, Richard. I, I, I literally had to just go with the motions, you know, it ebbs and flows and, um, buy them solutions, a, a cybersecurity consultancy headquartered in Queensland was the opportunity at that point in time, um, that come about. Okay. And, and you said earlier in the conversation, you know, cybersecurity, it's a lucrative industry and, uh, and, um, was it really you seeing the opportunity for a successful, um, business in a, you know, a growth industry that you looked at a range of different types of services or a range of different types of businesses and said, well, let's go down the cybersecurity path because, you know, that kind of ticks all those boxes always there, uh, a sort of a more intrinsic, uh, motivation or desire to be in the cybersecurity space. Yeah, 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 no, great, great question. So the, the desire around cybersecurity was, was a strategic, there was a strategic approach to looking at, you know, the many industries that our nation has and mm -hmm. going, okay, what, what players are there? Um, you know, the, the red ocean, blue ocean strategy, uh, what other indigenous businesses are, are playing in, in cyber? And then you have a look at when we talk about procure, procurement targets that the state, state government, federal government, and local government have in place for, for indigenous businesses. Um, cybersecurity was, was a new, was a new frontier for indigenous businesses. Uh, we, we didn't have many players in that field. So then that with that knowledge. Um, and, and undertaking a quick analysis of the opportunity at opportunity that was at hand, uh, because there are, there are indigenous procurement policies that are legislated that have legislated targets that must be achieved. So when you, in theory, when you think about, oh, the budget spent on cybersecurity for, for X department is $10 million, hypothetical numbers, Richard, mm -hmm, $10 million, mm -hmm. um, well, 3% of that needs to go to indigenous businesses to achieve targets. So that, that was, um, the, the strategy behind it, but also understanding that we play a role in the whole national economy. So there are, there are competitors, indigenous and non-indigenous that we would be coming up against. We would have to educate the market around who we are, um, what we do. And then the more important, the more important element to what we do, Richard, was the why we do it. Mm -hmm. and, and to, to, I guess, delve a bit deeper and did the question around pathways into, um, our industry for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. That's why we exist. Our, our mission, our mission is to, to, to lower the fiscal barrier to come into our industry and understand that if we can provide, um, pathways, because there are many, there are conventional pathways in the, in the, in the cybersecurity. You don't have to have completed high school or go to university, there are options. There's still options. Don't get me wrong. But if, if, uh, you know, if, if somebody, because sitting in a classroom and looking at a, a whiteboard or blackboard, um, didn't want to do that because they're interested in coding, um, 
they could see patterns in coding. You, you, you can go to, you can go outside of the school pathway <laughs> and commence other, other training pathways to come into the industry. Um, now there was a, another key element, Richard, I thought I'd touch on too, was when I had that sporting, when my initial, um, journey through professional sports, uh, you know, we, you can see sports stars, they're all over the news. So, you know, you see a sports person, particularly indigenous sports people, you know, we have, we have national sports stars in, in Adam Goods, Buddy Franklin, Jonathan Thurston, uh, international stars, Ash Barty serving tennis balls, Patty Mills in the NBA. Um, so our young mob kids can, indigenous kids can see these sports, sports people and go, well, I can see that. Therefore I can be that. I know because it's proven there's a pathway. I want to, I want to take that pathway. I had the same, the same, um, thought process as a young kid, but it's a mathematical equation. We're on the wrong side of already when you take into account we're 3% population of, of Australia, less than 1% make it professional, make it in professional sports anyways. And then if you do make it, well, statistically, uh, the, on average, it's, it's a two year lifespan in professional sports because injury injury comes into account, you know, that, that can put a stop to, to that pathway. So, um, taking, taking the learnings of seeing sports stars, we want to create the same role model in it and go, Hey, look, if you don't want to serve a tennis ball or kick a footy, like Johnson Thurston, here is a candidate who is a, an indigenous CIO or, or chief information security officer that you can aspire to, that you can become. And here's how they did it. Here's the pathway. And then, and then we bring into the, you know, into the conversation, um, the, the fiscal, the fiscal gain of, of cybersecurity and IT because it pays well. Then, um, we know, we know in, in, in communities that there is a ripple effect that goes back to communities. Um, that's why I refer to the village. So, um, you know, with, with, with what we've done in the four years we've existed, we've provided two lifetime scholarships through the commerce we've generated. So we are a for-profit entity. Um, and, and the, the lifetime scholarships, our first was at the university of Queensland. That made sense because Brisbane, Queensland headquartered, um, backyard, we wanted to give back to our community. Our second lifetime scholarship was at the ANU in Canberra. And, and again, that was to showcase to the ACT in Canberra, a community or a village that supported us. We wanted to give back to, to them. And that was the, the scholarship, uh, back to ANU. But in that, as I said, there's many pathways in our industry. We've offered 10 globally recognized certification, um, uh, training pathways to, to, to young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men and women. Seven of those we've offered have been to indigenous women and, and all of them 100% got, have, have been offered to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who want to get into the industry. So that, that's, that's what we generate the impacts. Um, but we do that through the commerce and the engagements with our customers. Mm, okay. Well, firstly, I think that's excellent. And there's so much to unpack, you know, in what, yes. what you just said there. <laughs> so the first thing I think, you know, um, which I really commend is 
the very fact, you, you know, a lot of people in their careers, and I know if I'm a recruiter, they kind of just fall into, they fall into a career or they fall into a business, you know, they start a business, whereas, uh, you know, it's almost, it's a pattern or it's through circumstance rather than design and stuff. But it sounds as though you and your co-founder or co-founders, you know, took a very deliberate, strategic, uh, uh, method of saying, and, and I like the fact that you referred to red oak and blue oak, which I talk about a lot. So for people who aren't familiar, you know, red oak is where all the sharks are feeding, there's blood, all yes. that, you know, blue oak is you're out there swimming on your own, you know, kind yes. of, uh, without my competition, interesting kind of, you know, a metaphor there for being, uh, in a shark business, you know, uh, uh, but, uh, so, and so you looked at the market and you said, okay, we understand that there is a, a mandated minimum spend, uh, on, uh, with indigenous businesses. This is a particular part of business, which is underrepresented by indigenous businesses. So therefore that's our blue ocean opportunity. And that's why we're going into cybersecurity. Correct. Awesome. Correct. I, 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 yes. It's, it's fantastic. And then the, the second thing, um, yeah, I completely resonate with what you're saying about, uh, you know, for whether it's indigenous or, you know, in any, uh, community, uh, it's often when, uh, people are looking and they're seeing what's easily represented, i.e. the sports stars. Mm. You know, it becomes almost, that's the only pathway. And mm. what you're saying is we're really wanting to demonstrate that there's other ways to succeed and make a valuable contribution to society. And one of those pathways is, you know, through, you know, IT and in particular cybersecurity. So how do you, I mean, it, it's very easy for a kid to turn on a TV, you know, and watch a footy or watch as party play tennis or whatever. Um, how do you actually build at more a ground grassroots level that awareness within the broader indigenous community that these alternative pathways actually exist? Yeah, that's the challenge, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. You don't, you, uh, IT and cyber is a, is a hot topic, but they're in the boardrooms and, and companies, but you know, rarely is it on TV. Um, and, and what, what we're working or what, what needs to be done is to, to look upstream at a younger age, to try and capture the, 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 the kids at a younger age. Mm. We, we've, I guess when you think about the scholarships we've done, that's, that's post high school, um, pathways, you know, around the, the years, ages 15 and, and from there on. But, um, when we talk about social media and devices and, and mobile phones, kids, kids have access to that, uh, and know how to use these devices by year one. So when we, when, when I say, look, look, look upstream at a younger age, that's, uh, that's where, um, we need to start. And, and it's about firstly awareness, but also, uh, the, the fun you know, what, why, why it it's, it's also going to be fun for the kids. And then there's a, um, I think, I guess in theory that, that pathway to lead on into the teenage years, um, and then there, thereafter into, 
into, you know, hopefully uh, a, a role in, in cyber. Mm. But, but how does your organization at a yes. sort of a micro level of one, you know, drive mm. that, uh, you know, cultural change and, and, you know, yeah. whole community, um, consideration is it, I mean, you and I met, we, uh, I went to a, a fantastic event run by the committee of Brisbane, you know, celebrating indigenous businesses. Uh, and there were a lot of people there and the feedback was superb. So obviously it's getting some traction. It's getting some, uh, consideration and a more broader awareness, but how do you take that forward? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it, it, we, we need to be nimble and it needs to be boots on ground on, on the ground. So, and, and I know that, uh, because right, there's, there's an understanding or, or a level of awareness that, um, when, when you want to go into a community to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. So let's say it's cybersecurity and IT, because that's, that's what we're about. Um, um, boots on the ground means going into community. Paying, paying respects to the elders, asking permission to go on to their country to talk about IT, um, speaking to the young young kids, and then and then showcasing how it may look. That's that's one 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 element I see. Um, the other the other element is is education. So schools being being able to tap into the education system and saying, hey, here's here's a Here's, here's us, here's what we do, but this is why we do it. Um, and can we, can I speak to you about an opportunity in IT? Um, the, the being nimble and, and boots on the ground while, while it sounds, I know it sounds, um, a high and intense level of resourcing because, you know, you, you physically have to go and go into these communities and regional remote areas to say, Hey, and then you have to maintain contact that can be quite, quite labor intensive. So. So leaning on technology where we can and initially having the face-to-face -face conversation, but then uh, relying on, on the Teams and, and the Zoom platforms to yeah. be able to have, have virtual touch points. Um, that, that, that's that's the, the theory I have in my head. Um, and that, I take that learning from, from my, my traditional own lands, the, you know, the, the cultural the cultural approach and the respect. So that's, um, that's, that's a big part. If we're, if we're, if we're approaching young indigenous Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids, we have to engage the right ways with, with each community, um, and then build that trust. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, I, I completely resonate and respect with what you're saying. And, and certainly, you know, from my own perspective, uh, you know, as an educator for people about how to get roles and build careers and so on, you know, I think there is a, a tremendous opportunity there to be very proactive in, in supporting, um, uh, indigenous first nation, uh, communities to, to, to build these alternative pathways. So it's something I'm very excited about exploring with you, Jack, coming, coming back to, um, your business. So I think you said sort of four years ago, kind of had the embryonic idea, correct? You right. know, so you and your, your partner, your business partners, you're sitting there in the Hilton 
you know, what, what are some of the key milestones over that period? Uh, what, what, what were some of the, the moments where you went, oh, yeah, this is, we're really starting to kick some goals here and, uh, and uh, we're on the way. Yeah. Mate, there, there's, there's honestly, there, there is a, a few key milestones. Uh, and, and when, you know, in hindsight, you think back, hindsight's a beautiful thing. We, everyone knows that. I mean, when you think back and go, oh, geez, maybe we should have done that differently or, or done this differently, but they're, they're the learnings. But mate, um, the key milestones are, I remember our first deal, our first deal we, we had, and it was at, um, it was department of, uh, I think it was department of jobs four years ago. And we, we, we were high-fiving and going, wow, how good's that? We, we, um, we did it. And because it was a government department, we, we thought that the, the indigenous procurement policy was, was leveraged because, um, what, sorry, I'll quickly explain what indigenous procurement policy is, IPP. It's a, that's the, the government legislation to, you know, you don't need to go to three quotes. If it's under a certain threshold, dollar amount, you can go to one quote. Mm-hmm. on indigenous through an indigenous business um and that that's that just speeds up the process um that that key milestone i think when when that happened and i think back to it we thought wow that was easy let's let's keep doing it and and rest on our laurels it'll just happen but it, it didn't it didn't if anything uh, <laughs> that 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 um that that deal was a good kick up the bum because it was a, you know, weeks later we went, well, geez, no, it wasn't, it wasn't as easy as we thought. So let's speed it up. When we'd learned that, um, and at that point in time, um, that was a key milestone to go, boys, we, we got to get out there. We got to, we got to push it. We got to get out there. And then when we started seeing some traction in deals coming, um, you look back and go, well, that, that first deal we won was a pivotal moment in our company to go, well, no, don't rest on your laurels. You got to keep pushing. This is business because we're not immune being it, whether you're an, an, uh, a, an indigenous business or a, a, a business, any business, you know, being an, an indigenous business, we weren't immune to the fundamentals of, um, business. You know, we had to pay our expenses. We had to pay the wages and we had to pay taxes and so on and so on. Um, when we started, we were in the Hilton for about 12 grading months. Again, being, being mindful of expenses and an office space in Brisbane, uh, we, we had, uh, the lockdown during COVID mm. and that was a, that was a big, oh, oh moment, but the silver lining I'll take from, from COVID is when everyone had to, um, shut up the office and go home to work and take their laptops and everything with them. Uh, the silver lining for us is, is people or companies required more security around their devices. So we benefited because more, you know, an uplift in security was required. Mm-hmm. So we, we capitalized on that opportunity. So that was a, another pivotal, pivotal point. When, when we look at hospital and tourism, you know, I really feel for those, those industries. I feel for those men and women because they were hit hard during that, that lockdown period. Um, so, uh, benefited from, from the lockdown in COVID and just, just before we go on Jack and, uh, and you know, it is interesting. I mean, my business, uh, 
COVID in many respects was a godsend because as soon as people became mm. comfortable communicating on Zoom and Teams, you know, suddenly the, the whole world opened up, you know, versus just being a little recruitment company in Southeast Queensland. But yes. what, what I'm interested in, I mean, you start this business in cybersecurity, but you don't have a cybersecurity background. No. So what, how do you develop the actual operational expertise to execute? Yeah, it's true. So in, in the industry, there are industry standards where, uh, it's, you know, you have, you have, you have a, a technology. So we partnered with technology capabilities. Mm -hmm. When we go to, to market, if, if you're looking to protect a device, a phone or a laptop, we would be partnered with a, a vendor that specializes in that security technology. Got it. Okay. Yes. Uh, and, and we, we never OEM, we never, um, we, we always went in uh, uh, with transparency with customers. Mm -hmm. This is, if you're, if you're looking for, for security around an endpoint device, this is who our partner is, and this is the solution that they can provide. Um, that, that was, that was us four years ago in that evolution to now we've, we've evolved to a point where we have technical people who can now deploy the technology, um, and, and also provide um, what, what's a, a check checking, but it's, it's called ethical hacking. So also provide, um, to, to our customers, uh, a service to test their security posture, right? Yep. The security posture so that if anything is found on, on that testing period or that testing life cycle, mm -hmm. we go to a customer and say, Hey, this, this, this secure this a bit more so that, you know. If we can get through, then there's probably cyber criminals that can do the same as well. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah, we've evolved from, from, um, the, the product and license into a professional services offering, and then into, um, a, a super technical ability ride to customers. Right. Okay. Excellent. And then my next question, you know, uh, you had this aspiration in the past, you'd always wanted to have your own business, uh. You hadn't been a business owner or a CEO previously. So when you looked at the situation, okay, I want to really make a success of this. Yeah. And you looked at your own sort of skill set. Um, yes. were there, did you do a sort of a skills gap analysis and say, well, if I need to, to if I want to do this successfully, you know, I really need to improve my, you know, skills in particular areas and then yes. go and seek mentoring or coaching or, or yes. higher education or whatever to fill the gap. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> no one's ever perfect. And, and I, I believe I, I, I always err on the side of people, Richard, and as a, as a CEO of a, of a company. So my pathway to where I got to, you know, I, I went through the trials and tribulations and people didn't believe leave whatever skill set I brought and then that prompts you to go and go, okay, well, I, I have to upskill myself in that mental mentoring is definitely a big one. Um, during my time at a, a certain organization, you know, there were as it, through experience, you know, you have your own leaders that you, you would report up to. And through that experience, you know, I had leaders who were good and leaders who were bad and the bad ones I, I probably learned the most from. Two, two pronged, I had never be in a position ever again to be treated that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
second prong is don't be like that person when yeah. you're leading a team. So, I, I, I laugh because uh, basically the reason that I started my business is I just came to a realization, and I'll, I'll try and be polite about it. I just didn't want to report to idiots anymore, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, exactly. And it, you know, when you're working under bad leadership, yeah. it's very easy to point the finger at them. But then yes. you say, but if I'm going to lead, then suddenly now, you know, I have to take responsibility that I'm not going to be the same. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly right. And that's how, as a CEO, I guess my method of, of, of leading is yes, there were, there was a skills gap analysis undertaken, um, and, and in, in cybersecurity, it was being new to that industry. Um, but having the business background and that foundation, um, I was able to pick it up quickly, mm. understand product A cost X, um, have to sell it at X amount to make a margin, mm-hmm. cover expenses, so on and so on. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, you take that, you take that, um, that method and you can, you can run it across all industries. You just got to make sure you sell, sell more. So sell the product more for than what you buy. And so, Jack, uh, uh, because I'm not familiar with Indigenous Business Australia, was that part of the, the sort of offering that they had, to, they had for Indigenous business owners and leaders to actually provide some kind of mentoring, you know, support? Or is there is are there organisations that do that? Yes. Specifically, yeah, that, specifically yes. for Indigenous businesses? Yes. Yes. Right. Correct. Yes. Correct. IBA or Indigenous Business Australia, yes. Specifically for, for Indigenous businesses, provide the mentoring, provide the, the, the training and, and also business support, mm-hmm. um, in, in starting that, uh, there are other organizations out there and there are some state just who are state-based focused. And then there are some who are national focused. Uh, but then, then there are people or companies such as mine who will happily put the, you just have to find them. That's the thing, right? You just put the, I happily put my hand up and, and, um, put it out to anyone. I, I will help wherever I can. Mm. And it's indigenous and non-indigenous. I'm just, I'm just, I think, I think as a, as people and as a society and, and we, I talk about the village, we, we need to come together. So yeah, I always offer that, but again, the, the, the individual mentoring and things like that, that, that becomes more of a, you have to find them and, mm, mm. but yeah, if you do research, IBA has the national footprint and then the other, other state-based organization. Fantastic. And so it's now, you know, second half of 2022, COVID is largely behind us, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, and so if you look out to the, if you look out to the future now, Jack, you know, what are the things that you're excited about? for not only your business, but for your own career? Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, there's one thing I can't, I can't say yet because it's still in infancy and, and confidentiality stage, but there is a, some, some exciting, uh, there's a exciting time to come and I'll show up at a later, later date, but, but just, just for this here, Richard, uh, uh, things are, big things are coming. Okay. Big things are coming. Right. I'm, 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 uh, and I, and I truly, I truly believe that we can create impacts from this while, while, while maintaining, um, our, our commerce, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, personally for me, mate, I, I will just continue doing what, what, what I'm doing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a, a magic, a magic ball where I can see the future. So I'll always plan, plan to, to keep the door, the doors open and, and work through and, and uplift our ability and, and capability, um, to, to provide security. I mean, at the moment, I, I, I know I've only spoken about government and, and providing solutions to government, but we, we have many ASX top 200 listed companies that we provide solutions to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to maintain that and then just keep growing, growing where we can, because it's a, it's a two, two cogs, right? If, if we can grow commercially, then we can also grow impacts mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, and, and, uh, when you look back now at your rugby league career, mm. do you look back with sadness about your injury and think about what could have been, or, you know, are you very happy with where things are at now? No, I'm happy. Yeah. Happy where things are, Richard. I think if you asked me that, say, what am I, uh, 10 years ago, right? I would have been, I would have been sad you know, yeah. try, chasing that, chasing that dream that I couldn't get anymore in sports. Um, but my, my life journey, I'll call it has led me to this and mate, I, I, you know, business aside, I have a beautiful family, three young boys. Um, my, my focus is, is to be role models for them as well. Yeah. To say, Hey, you know, if you, if you, if you want to go down the sports route, go for it. Um, I'll always be there to support, um, them if they're injured, much like my, my, my parents had. And, and yeah, that's, I, I think that's, that's about paying it forward. And, and for any, anyone looking to get into business, if, if you would ask me, yes, is it easy? I mean, no, it's rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's rewarding, but geez, yeah, if you, if you think I'm starting this to, to have more time or, or make more money, don't, don't make that the focus. If. Be, be mindful, be aware that money is important to keep the doors open and create commerce, but, um, yeah, ha- find something else that that's going to drive, but that, that's how I, I got, I feel like we got through the startup period because yeah. we were able to, it was the impacts that drove us. A, 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 a higher purpose. A higher purpose. Yes. Yes. Definitely a higher purpose, but yeah. not, not, not completely discounting, um, the fiscal aspect. It's still important to, to understand profit and loss balance sheets, taxes, you know, HR, all that. Yeah. I love, uh, as you talk, it reminds me uh, of a, a saying, you know, love yourself so much that your heart overfill, over, uh, your heart overfills and flows into the lives of others. And that's kind of how yeah. I feel about business. You know, you yeah. have to look after yourself first, you know, it's all very yeah. well to have a higher vision and a higher purpose, yeah. but if you can't pay the bills, you can't put food on the table, then, um, you're not going to succeed. So, it, yes. um, so number one, make sure that, you know, the business is sound and financially secure and, yes. uh, and then, but also having that grander vision differently, uh, yes. because as you say, running a business is tough and yes. there are heaps of demoralizing moments where things yes. don't go well, or a staff member resigns or a client chooses somebody else rather than you. And oh yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I've had that. Yeah. Experience them all. Oh, I'm sure. sure everyone has. Yes, uh, yes. Excellent. Well, look, Jack, I really appreciate your time today. It's a great conversation. Look forward to 
the second installment when you can tell us uh, your big news. But uh, in the meantime, um, uh, fantastic to hear that the business is going so well and everything that you're doing for your community. And I really, uh, you know, salute what you're doing and uh, wish you all the very best. Have a fantastic afternoon. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. And um, we'll talk soon. Right. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Arate podcast with Richard Triggs. If you'd like a free copy of Richard Triggs' book, Uncover the Hidden Job Market, How to Find and Win Your Next Senior Executive Role, please visit uncoverthehiddenjobmarket.com to register your details. The Arate podcast is brought to you by the Experts On Air podcast network.